All right, let's go. Fearless Conversations, the Serpents and Doves podcast with Pablo Frasini. All right. I'm excited. John, it's been a long, long time since you've been on. Why are you up there? You need to be right here. Okay. Um, wow. You know what, John? I say we just uh, we cut to the chase, my brother. Um, we have a whole lot to talk about and very little time to do it in. So uh, we had a great talk beforehand. What did we spend? Like, let me see. What time is it? Yeah, we spent like an hour an hour and 15 minutes just chewing the fat and i that's a good right. look for you no that was a good look that's okay that was i was a, just trying to adjust my lights <laughs> and everything doesn't seem to be i thought that was a today. good one that was a real good one so tell you what while you fiddle with your lights i'm gonna go ahead well it seems get, to be i need to do what you do i need to get a hat because yeah you know the, what it, there's a I bigger could, shiny part of my head now than there was when i got married well, most people know when I go, when I've been on his channel, they know that I shave my head. I still have the, the Velcro, but um, yeah, I shave it. Maybe a lot of people didn't know that, but I do. I, it's I like, could pretend that this is kind of a, uh, you know, one of those, uh, a prayer shawl. I could kind of put that over my head. <laughs> you should do that. I mean, hey, you know what? I could always wear my hat backwards. That way, the shine see, on the dome right here. Yeah. <laughs> You, we could do so that. that I could see people clicking off already. Like, get to the meat of this stuff, <laughs> yeah. guys, and quit Seriously. messing Yeah. Well, you know what? That's just kind of who I am, and maybe a lot of people don't like it. But you know what? In a world that's saturated with all kinds of bad news, we need to laugh a little bit. So listen, I'll get through this real quick. Um, if you go to the Serpents and Doves website, you can just click below. Put your email there, and uh, you'll receive the newsletter um, one of these centuries as I get to it. But listen, I'm actually excited. Uh, Ron wrote a couple of, actually, all these posts down here, these are Ron's posts. I highly encourage you guys, go check them out. Also, if you feel led to come alongside and partner support the ministry, there are two ways to do it now. Either right there, if you click donate, or if you want to do it monthly, uh, click there. It's all pretty self-explanatory, pretty straightforward. Um, but John, this is, your, this is your website. I'll let you talk about that, and then your YouTube page, and let's get cracking. Yeah, fechapel.com. You'll find the links there. Um, we're on YouTube Rumble. I think there's also, we kind of use Vimeo as a backup. And uh, Fellowship Bible Chapel or My Name John Haller. Uh, yeah. Although if you just do my name, you'll probably end up with, you know, some reviews of people that don't like me too much. <laughs> there's a few videos out there like that. Uh, you know what, it, we, should, you know what we should do? Okay, hold on. I'm interrupting you right now. Uh, by the way, folks, there, there are the links uh, that John was talking about right down here. If you go to the bottom right-hand side. And like you said, John, <laughs> hold on, I, I interrupted. Go check out all of John's videos. Uh, John's the best at what he does. He's amazing. Rumble, There's, real yeah. FBC and Rumble. Are you linked here to Rumble? No, I don't, uh, I don't see it I don't here. know if there's a link. You guys got to add the link, a link down here. To- no, I never go there because I don't like listening to myself, so I never check. <laughs> yeah, see, I knew it. I'm not the only one. My wife's like, you know what? Uh, we got to listen to you without without you here because we know you don't like to listen to yourself, and I don't. I don't like to listen to myself. But listen, I thought this would be a cool idea. What if we take one of those videos that people put out and we just do one of those react videos, you know, where we could just kind of go through it, pause yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that'd be great. Or maybe we can go get one of the videos where people are negative about me. We can do a reaction to that. That's what I mean. We should do that. 
Um, I think that would be so, humorous. Like they're out there. I, you know, I let's just put it this way. I don't agree with <laughs> anything that's in there. They spelled my name correctly. That's about it. Well, at least they got the spelling right. So, look, John, we were talking off the record. I was saying, man, it's crazy. Don't believe the hype. But there's a whole lot going on, and it's almost impossible for folks, uh, for normal folks like us, right, for super geniuses like yourself, it's easy to read everything and keep up with everything. Uh, but no joke, for the general public, there is just so much happening. It is impossible to keep up with everything. And you and I, you had mentioned Maui. Hey, what happened to Maui? What happened to Ukraine? What happened to, you know, Charlie Vector 019er? I mean, there's things that are still happening, right. but there's well, other things that are happening. We were talking about, so like this one thing about, like, remember the Nord Stream pipeline was yeah. blown up. Yep. And now there's been some things coming out that it was a Ukrainian operation. They rented the yeah. And I read about that, like, a year what that happened was like a it's hard to tell it was like was that like five years ago was that a year ago oh no that was three months ago you know that was that's the way things go now because everything's happened so quickly and i think the one thing too that we need to get through our heads is that there are a lot of us that do this bible prophecy stuff you know and it's it's yep. a ministry and it's something that we do because we think it's what the Lord has called us to do and God's given us platforms and that type of thing. And I don't understand that. Okay. I believe me, I've been talking and I taught a class at another church. And then when we started fellowship Bible chapel, 10 years ago, uh, church decided that I could continue this. And I, so I, I ran into a lady at a, it was a fundraiser for Christian ministry locally here. They do great work. It's called, relationships under construction and they they go into christian they go into secular schools yeah and they're in like 50 60 schools throughout ohio and they do like abstinence-based biblical value-based curriculum for teaching abstinence and that type of thing they can't go yep. into the religious part but they teach the religious principles so i'm at this thing and this lady comes up she goes oh you know we would love to come to oh you're john haller we watch you every week and we like what you do and we'd love to come to your church, but we're, we think we would be intimidated in a, such a large church. <laughs> and my wife's standing there. She's like, kind of, I don't know. Pam or I said, how big do you think our church is? She goes, well, we go to a church of a couple thousand. So, I mean, it's gotta be 4,000 people. <laughs> like, no, we averaged 70 people last year. The average Sunday was 70 people. That's crazy. Oh. <laughs> I like just that. because oh. the, the whole thing <laughs> kind of gets kind of blown out of proportion. And it's weird. You know, I'm like, so just a quick story. So we go out to eat after church one Sunday to a great local restaurant. And the, one of the waitresses comes over and she goes, oh, I just want you to know I watch you every Sunday when I get home. And you're such a blessing to watch. And yeah. Pam could see that I was kind of like, Oh, you know, that's pretty cool. You know, it's, I'm a pretty good guy. Look at, look, you know, it's just coming out of the blue. And so she, like, she has the way of kind of the gift of shooting you down, you know, <laughs> without leaving any marks. And she goes, You know what this means, John? I go, No. She goes, This means that you can never leave a bad tip anywhere ever again, <laughs> anywhere in the world. Cause I, 
you know, I had somebody, we, I was recognized when we were in Israel, by, and it's not unusual. You meet Christians there in, in sure. Jerusalem and stuff. And so there were tour groups there, and, you know, some of them recognized me and that type of thing. So, but it's kind of weird. It's, it's, uh, it happens occasionally. So <laughs> anyway, so this Nord Stream thing, let's get back to Nord, get yeah. back on track here. So Nord Stream blows <laughs> up. There's all these theories, you know. And so I suggest when it came out, like, so I'm a lawyer. And so when you're a lawyer, you sort of float alternative ideas about things. Like, how did this really happen? You know, so I investigated a lot of fires and explosions in the early part of my career. And the one thing I always found out was that weird things happen in a fire and explosion that you can't explain. Like a yeah. whole city block, a quarter of a city block in a small Indiana town on Courthouse Square is blown up, few people killed, and it's a gas explosion. And it appears to have originated in a, a leak that occurred in the gas pipe that went into the basement of a candle store. So you can imagine when the gas got to a certain yep. strength, it went boom. But then you look at the pictures of the explosion and people are dead. And over in the corner, there's like a vase of flowers standing on a, a stand yeah. in the corner. And like everything else is destroyed. And it's like, how did that, how does that happen? Yeah. And so that's why, so I always look at alternative expo ex explanations like Maui and that type of thing. Thinking, and I know yeah. the theories about directed energy and everything. And I can tell you they're like, a lot of fires that I've investigated. There, sure. there are things and anomalies that you cannot explain. So well, before we get to Norton, let's just talk about Maui. So I just would encourage people to kind of look at the alternatives. So everybody says, well, look, the trees are still standing and the leaves are still on them, right? Look at that. And they had a fire. And how does that happen? And I'm like, that happens in like every fire. Why? Trees are full of water. Yeah, because they're live trees and they mm -hmm. have sap running through. Now, some trees will burn and they'll burn internally like pine trees because they have like pine tar. Yeah, that's a fact. But if it's a low fire, rapidly moving, the trees are up, the leaves are up high and they're not going to get they're not going to get damaged. Yeah, because the fire moves so, through so swiftly. And then they'll say, well, how does the how does the car catch on fire and how does the aluminum melt and that type of thing? So there's things like there's uh, a combustion temperature where something will catch on fire, and then there's a temperature at which it burns at its hottest. So cars are made up of like really different things, but they catch on fire. The, the let's say the tires will catch on fire, yeah, and they'll burn at a much higher temperature, which will catch the upholstery on fire, which will burn at a much higher temperature. And then materials in there, and then the aluminum melts, and the glass melts, you know, and then stuff around doesn't seem to be that damaged. It's because within that confined space of that car, that initial temperature was the same everywhere. Sure. But it caught on fire things that burned at a much higher temperature. Do you yep. understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So, and that's why the, the cars are like, why are the cars so much more damaged than everything else? And then the, and then a lot of times the, the, the houses, yep. they just, they look like they've been in pulverized and incinerated, but dry wood burns like it's 
it like explodes. And the driest wood in your neighborhood is the wood in your house because it yeah. hasn't had water running through it for 50, 60 years or 30 years or 20 years. That's why the house burns like crazy. Yep. But, and, and it's also wind patterns and that type of thing. So there's a lot of anomalies in fires. So I'm skeptical of the directed energy thing. Okay. Yeah. And I know, I know the explanation <clears throat> and why some things are standing and some things are not. Yeah. But, it happens in happen in every fire explosion every day. It's like, how did this happen? And sometimes you just have to say that's just the way it goes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, it's I not a very it. thing. So, but look, Maui's weird because they came in, and they put up that black batting on the, and it was like, you know. So it's, I've been to Lahaina a few times, been a long, long time, but I remember, I remember the banyan tree there. And that banyan tree is probably going to die. I mean, it's probably damaged internally. Yeah. Maybe they'll be able to save it. And a lot of those trees, they look like they're okay, but they're dead. I, I use the example. I was in Chicago once with a client, and we're heading out. There. He's taking me to meet. We had lunch after court hearing, court trial. And I was going back to the airport. So he's taking me out to Midway in his car, and we're starting to get on Lakeshore Drive. And we see a funnel cloud coming up Lakeshore Drive. So there's a the way Lakeshore is, there's like a lower level. So we went down under the lower level and everything went above us. And then we came up and we started driving down Lakeshore Drive. And this funnel cloud had like hop and skipped up Lakeshore Drive down by Soldier Field and that type of place. And there are these giant oak trees. The entire tree has been ripped up out of the ground by its roots and laid on its side. That's crazy. Tree after tree after tree but all the leaves are still on the tree. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, how most of the leaves, I mean, there's debris all over the place, but by and large, the, it looked like a big leafy tree had been ripped out of the ground and laid on its side by a windstorm. Yeah. And it's like, how does that happen? And I'm like, I don't have an explanation for it, folks. I'm sure. just telling you, that's what happened. I saw the funnel cloud. I got out of the path of the funnel cloud. And then I drove down through where the funnel cloud came and I saw all of this damage. So we just need to understand that sometimes, so I always look at these alternative explanations and a lot of people don't like that. Oh, you're just trying to be a contrarian and that type of thing. <laughs> I'm like, well, I don't really go along with just everything. Okay. Sure, I, sure. I question a lot of things. And part of that was being a trial lawyer. You just can't assume things for face value. you got to yeah. look at them a little bit more deeply sometimes. Because if you just look at them at face value or conventional wisdom, yep. or you think everything in the world proves your case, we have a word for those in the law. They're called losers that do that. <laughs> I'm sorry. You, you can't just assume that everything in the world proves your case. That's a very dangerous thing to do. Sure, yeah. So you have to look at an alternative thing. So, so at Nord Stream... I said maybe Russia had a motivation to take out the pipelines on its own. Mm -hmm. And everybody goes, oh, John, you're, you're a neocon or something like that. And I'm like, no, there's an explanation because Russia had um, companies set up to manage their interest and ownership in that pipeline. Yeah. And they also had requirements so that if they're not delivering gas in there's huge, I'm talking billions of dollars of damages that the German side of that could go and get 
collect in courts. And they have sure. international courts and everything to do that. So there, there was a reason that maybe Russia did that. Now, I'm not sure that that's a strong reason, but it's a possibility. But now there's things like, you know, uh, some Ukrainian guys did it. There's other people who had a view that, oh, it was the United States, yeah. naval, Navy SEALs, and that, that was a pretty popular view of, yeah. of acquaintance of ours. And now this other thing, you know, they got a yacht. They went out there and they did that. And these these are not super, super deep. Yeah. Uh, only a couple hundred feet down. But then I'm listening to Putin talk at the Valdai discussion group, October 5th. You can go to the Kremlin website and you can get the transcript and you can get the video with a translation. Sky News has a, on their YouTube channel, they have a thing of Putin's speech. And in the thing he's, and by the way, Everybody says, oh, Putin's had a heart attack. He's dying. He's got yeah, cancer. No. He's he's barely functioning. And I think a lot of this, you just have to understand this, a lot of this is propaganda. It's a, yeah. it's the type of propaganda that Russia puts out about other people. Yep. <laughs> I mean, Putin's a KGB agent, and KGB was like propaganda. That's yeah. one of their things, just like our CIA, CIA does. And so that Putin's in bad health. But go to the Valdai discussion group. Look at the video. He's on stage for four hours. And this happens all the time. And it's like, I'm about the same age. I don't even think he left to go to the bathroom. I'm like, how does he do this? <laughs> this is like superhuman stuff to yeah. me. Yeah. Being, I'm, I think he's a year and a half older than I am. So, but, so, but he said at the Valdai discussion group, and you can see it in the transcript. Yeah. It's, hey, I just you know, showed the, the pipeline, transcript. The pipeline got destroyed, but guess what? One of the pipelines of Nord Stream 2 is still fully functional. And if Germany yep. said, we want gas through it, we can put, what was the number? 27.6 billion cubic feet of gas yeah. a year through that pipeline. They make the request today and we will be do We will be delivering gas to them tomorrow. Now, I there was kind of buried in the press. I think you found an article from a year ago that yeah. yeah this one of those pipelines was functional and then yeah. here's putin confirming it um on it is. on october 5th which yeah. happens to be two days before the world changed with the yeah. attack in uh southern israel from gaza by hamas yeah and here's here's the article from last year's so was september 28th single line okay. in Nord stream 2 can still export gas these are analysts that are saying this too, and the article says it's from Reuters. So you right, guys could go check really this out. Nobody really talked about that. You know, nope. everybody was trying to make it the most extreme, terrible thing ever. That everything was destroyed and it's never coming back. It's never going to be able to be used. Yep. And that's just not quite true. But remember too, and the U.S. says that thing is never going to be operational. I get that. Victoria Newland said that. Joe Biden said that. And guess what? That became true because Germany never agreed to allow Nord Stream to pump any That's gas. right. That's right. Yep. And so it was like, so why do you have to destroy it? You, you understand? Yeah. You know, the, the destruction seems to be by somebody who wants to really cause problems. So, so let me ask you this, because according, I mean, we're talking about this, and that old adage comes to my mind that a half-truth is, is still a lie. And so right. you have you have these stories that are half truths, and that's why I guess I love just sitting down and you and I just having a discussion, just an open conversation. Because even when it comes to Israel, 
you know, we have so much going on. We have the left talking about the right, the right talking about the left, the Gazas against the, Pal- uh, the Israelis, Israelis against the Palestinians, and, you know, there's talk about uh, Palestinian actors, and which we know is, is a fact. I mean, there has been some of that. But it's, you know, where, where do we... <laughs> Where do we need to find the truth? Yeah, it, no joke. Obviously, the word of well, God. I've even it. heard that there are people in the United States that don't like Donald Trump. I've heard this. <laughs> I've heard yeah. people talking about it. Yeah. So I watch, I usually watch at least five minutes of MSNBC uh, Morning Joe every morning when I get up because it's like I, I don't drink coffee. I just, I love so the that stuff, but going. I never had a yeah. cup of coffee in my life. <laughs> but morning Joe, that's like an adrenaline shot in the morning to get you going. <laughs> I bet it you know? is. It's like, uh, you know, what? how can these people be so stupid and evil? And it's true. And, and everything becomes narrative. And so we live at a time where with social media and everything. So I've heard that CIA divided social, devised social media to divide everybody. And if, yeah. if that was true, mission accomplished. Because, yep. boy, has that ever happened. And so as I'm watching this stuff go on time after time, it's just the, the propaganda, the narratives, the agendas that people have. And it's like, is there, uh, what's the old saying? That There's this thing that went around the Internet years ago about, you know, there's three, there's eight billion people in the world and, only forty uh, percent of them have a job, and these don't do, and these yeah. don't work. That and it gets down, and that list that just leaves you and me, yep, to do all the work. And here you are reading stupid jokes on the internet. <laughs> and so it's sort of like you know. So I'm pretty sure I'm okay. I'm pretty sure you're okay, but sometimes I wonder about myself. Yeah, you know, when, you know yep. and it's it's hard to get a handle on this, and so. I try to multiple source things. I read a lot of stuff I don't agree with. I subscribe to the New York Times, the Washington Post, The Economist, which I heard somebody describe as a very pro-Israel publication. And I'm like, I subscribed (laughs) to The Economist for over a decade. And I'm like, pro-Israel was never anything that I would ever say after having read all the not all of it, but reading a lot of their articles. Yeah, yeah. So I find the British papers are pretty good. Um, they seem to get to the facts a little bit more, but even they're, like, the independent is is not. Yeah. <laughs> it's It's got a very sort of left-wing, center-left agenda to it, and I, I just don't like the way it's organized. Daily yeah. Mail, Guardian, Telegraph are pretty good. I love the London Times. I subscribe to that one. And I have a subscription that I can get all the access to all the others. So I, um, so I read a lot that I don't agree with, and I think I think we need to do that. Uh, you know, even read on theology, I'll read books that I don't agree with. Yeah, you know, because yeah. I want to know what the other side is thinking. Absolutely. So the point I think I was trying to make, starting to make earlier, was though when we're in this Bible prophecy thing, we're trying to figure out. How does all of this fit? Sure. And I think we're at the point where we have to be humble enough, Pablo, as speakers, authors, writers, talkers on this particular subject, 
that we kind of have some parameters around which things are going to happen. But the devil's, the messy details kind of interfere with that. And yeah. so sometimes I think, I mean, I see people like they have a particular rapture timing position. Mm-hmm. And so everything in the world supports their rapture timing position, whether it's pre-trib, pre-wrath, post-trib. I don't really know anybody mid-trib, but that's, I'm sure there are a couple guys out there yeah. kind of straggling along. But, and <laughs> so, and, and I agree, listen, I know it's very, very precious, but I, I think it's like the Israel thing, okay? I am, I believe Israel has a right to exist. That would make Absolutely. me a Christian Zionist, okay? I yep. think that their coming back into the land is the beginning of fulfillment of Bible prophecy because a lot of these prophecies, they don't make any sense if Israel's not back in the land. Absolutely, yep. And this is the way John Howler thinks about it, okay? Which not a lot of people will do this, but this is just, I don't know if this is a gift or a curse that I have. (laughs) So when Jesus says, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, so what do we get from that? Okay, we got the abomination of desolation. Yep. We have Daniel and Daniel spoke it. So first of all, that should put the rest any argument about who wrote Daniel. Sure. Because Jesus said it, that's pretty much nails it for me. I don't have to worry about anything else. But then it says, when you see that, flee, get out of town, pray that your flight not be on Shabbat, on Sabbath. Well, so, so we're in Israel in 2017, and we stayed there a couple of weeks. So we're there for a couple Shabbats. And it never really dawned on me that, that there's a prophecy hidden in that, pray that your flight not be on Sabbath. Yeah. Because that down. only makes sense if there is a Jewish state of Israel in charge at the time of the abomination of desolation that would recognize Shabbat on a nationwide basis and try to get a bus in Jerusalem on Shabbat. Yeah. I don't even know if you can get a cab. It's hard to get around. And where we stayed, it's a friend's apartment that they own there. A beautiful, beautiful place. Um, One block from the old city. But just to the... So the old city would be... It's kind of hard for me to... Old city is a little bit south of where they are. So just to the north of them is this massive Orthodox Jewish neighborhood. Yeah. I'm sorry. Ultra-Orthodox. And they put up barricades. So if you if you go look at Google Maps on Sunday and click on the traffic thing, it will show all these streets in Jerusalem that are shut down on Shabbat because they're ultra-Orthodox Jewish neighborhoods. And if you go in there, they'll stone your car if you oh, drive wow. around those barricades because they're hardcore yeah. about their Judaism. And sure. they expect everybody else to be hardcore sure. about it too at certain times. And so this is, and so this causes a lot of tension. So with regard to the Israel thing, though, it's very easy, and this can happen with regard to your rapture timing or anything yeah. like that, is to take what you believe and turn it into really like an idol. So there's a balance that you need. So there's a like on Israel, you you can worship Israel, and yeah. and I see Christians doing that, and I'm a little bit concerned yeah. about that. Yeah, because I've been there, and I know pretty sure it's full of a bunch of imperfect people at the um, government levels and all 100%. the way down through the citizenship, just like the United States, just like while we like our constitution, 
and Declaration of Independence, it was written by some pretty flawed people. Sure. Now, some were deists, some were Christians, you know. Yeah. And, uh, boy, had some guy just write this nasty thing like, oh, so I can't remember. I don't know if it was a Twitter post or something. It was a Facebook post. And I put up, like, you know, pray for Israel or something like that. He goes, oh, so I suppose you're okay with the, the tea party that the people did in violation of Romans 13 in, in Boston oh, Harbor I've, back. And yeah. I'm like, yeah. I think that's a little bit off topic. Sure. But then again, it's the admonition is you're to be subject to the higher powers. Sure. So no, I in get it. colonial America, is the higher powers your local governing a group that says we need to rebel against England? Or are you just deciding that the divine right of kings is okay? But wait a minute. How did the British monarchy come into being when they're kind of a war where they went in against the power? So when you kind of keep breaking it down like that, and it's just like this guy's somebody's got an agenda. Yeah. And I get yeah. tired of people just coming and trashing up a very well thought out post that I've made with their agenda on Facebook. Yeah. And so I, I have to go in and delete posts all the time. Yep. Because I can't manage the vitriol that comes. Yep. And it's like, so we can argue about Romans 13. I think you got it wrong, guy. Yeah. But then if you oppose them, oh, you're just, you know, you're a neocon, you're a glow. I mean, it's just the vitriol that comes. It's just, it's very distressing. Oh, I, agree. I agree. And I personally try not to do that. I mean, yeah. there's, um, I, I was the head of an elder board at a church, big church, and we had a dispute. Okay, with someone, and the dispute uh, involved. Um, well, the pastor said you need to write a letter, so I wrote a letter. Yeah, to the person involved, and then I pastor says, "Hey, I want to talk to you about the letter. Let's go talk." So we talked about. It. He goes, "John, he goes, this letter is unbelievable. It's factually accurate. It makes the point." very clear it's i couldn't write a letter like this yeah it's so good and he said but what i really think you need to do with this letter is take it home and put it in a file and never ever let anyone else see it wow <laughs> because it's too truthful <laughs> oh is there such a thing well no but i mean it was it was sort of I'm the, I was in lawyer mode, you know, it was like somebody. <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot of conspiracy theories about what's going on in Israel right now. And somebody sure. kind of yep. came at me the other day and said, you know, well, I think this. And so I went in and I'll admit, so the guy is still my friend, I hope. Okay. <laughs> but I had some free time, you know, I work at a golf course and it's kind of cold weather. So I have free time while I'm waiting for something to happen. And so I started writing him back and forth. And he got like, I can't believe this is John Haller's tearing me apart like this. And it, sometimes my <laughs> wife will say this, you know, like, don't cross-examine me. And, <laughs> I don't and I have to say that one of the your wife. fun parts of being a trial lawyer is cross-examination. Because <laughs> you really get the kind of, as long as you stay within parameters and the rules, you get. So I remember I had a big white-collar criminal trial, and I have to, the FBI guy. And he's on the stand, and of course he's going against my client, and so I 
started cross-examining him and I go about two and a half hours, no breaks. And the judge calls me up, said, Hey, Mr. Howler, come up here, sidebar. Everybody comes up, he goes. So you started, so in about 10 minutes, we need to break for lunch. And he goes, I'm watching you. And I see that you've gone two and a half hours <laughs> cross-examining this guy. And you've not looked at your yellow pad full of questions yet. You've just been winging it. And he says, I'm going to guess you're not finishing with this guy today. So I mean, I did like nine hours of cross-examination of this wow. guy. And it's, so, you know, and it's just, that's what you do. And, yeah. but you can, look, lawyers kind of, kind of get out of regular person mode and go into lawyer mode. And I did on this guy, but I really wanted to, I think asking questions like this is, this is what law school is. Sure. It, it, law school is very similar to rabbinical school in that it's like everything's an argument. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, yeah. I mean, even the Jewish people in Israel will tell you, you know, you, you get three Jews in a room and you've got at least five opinions. <laughs> it's so true. On a particular subject. So, so this, so, but it's hard for people who aren't in that environment to kind of yeah. deal with that. And so that's why you go to law school for three years, just kind of disconnect you from hum parts of humanity that other people would get a, uh, it's a training process. Yeah. But I, let me, let me just jump in real quick. Cause I have to say sure. that you get people, uh, that believers and you say, Hey, do you guys, uh, all agree that Jesus Christ died for our sins? hundred percent. Do you guys mm -hmm. think we need to go out and share the gospel of Jesus Christ? Absolutely. 100%. Uh, do you guys believe that there is going to be a rapture? Absolutely. 100%. When breaks come on. Then the, yeah, then the H word starts flying. <laughs> yeah, that's around. right. So it's the word when, and, and I mean, people could argue really, really bad. I mean, Oh my goodness! It's it's crazy the the discussions, the vitriol that I've received when it comes to certain things I've talked about, certain topics. And I know you're no you're no stranger to that, but I I find it on one side humorous, and then on the other side it's a sad state, uh, and it's a fact that I guarantee you Satan just you know just sits back. Oh, he and loves goes, it. Oh yeah, just. Loves it. Hey guys, go get your popcorn, man. Let's let's watch the fireworks happen, and this is great, right? And I'm all for debate and everything like that. And I've got some. I've got some. Uh, uh, I want to say sacred cows, or I want to say I've got some things that are really kind of non-negotiables for me. You sure. Know what I mean, yeah, absolutely. So, I, and I don't want to. So. I try to love everybody. Some people are harder than others. <laughs> and I'm sure people look, people look at me and say, it's pretty hard to love you. <laughs> so in fact, one day, one Sunday, the comments went like this, like, um, John, you're, you're stressed out. You're too nervous about what's happening in the end times. And you need to take a vacation. <laughs> the next comment in the YouTube chain was, you're the most composed, gracious, calm speaker yep. that I've ever heard in my life. And I'm like, I like that. Per I like that yeah. person. 
that that's a that's a good comment. That's look, you could seriously have twenty good comments, and then you got some person that comes in there, and, and you, what, which one do you focus on? The one, the one bad one, the really bad one, right? Yeah, you focus on the real bad one, and you're going my land. And some, I have to say, sometimes I've read some. My wife Ines says, "Just walk away. You just got to walk away." And so that's it, what the pastor was telling me with that letter that I'd written was. You you need to walk away from this, yeah. Because you're you're driving a stake in the ground, and, and you don't need to drive a stake in the ground. There's a way. There's a way to do this. Sure. And so people get on me, you know, because I got a different view on some things, and they get upset that I'm with people who have a different view, and you know, then somebody, you know, somebody was com- coming. I did Tom Hughes yesterday. I was like. Somebody's coming like Tom Hughes is corrupting you and you're corrupting Tom <laughs> Hughes. And... That one's a good one. I like that so, one. <laughs> it's uh, one bad apple spoils the whole crate. <laughs> yeah, I know. So that's uh Oh my and, and, and that's I get what I'm that. that. social the social media environment that we live in though has really exacerbated that because yeah, it has. everybody's everybody who has a keyboard thinks that their opinion is as valid as anybody else who has a key or it, you know, and it's yep. like, that's not the case. Cause I've read some of your opinions and they're really not you, but no, 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 speaking, I get you. the generic yeah. you, the Royal yeah. you, some of you just really need to take a chill pill or they'll break a little piece <laughs> off of what you've said and they'll beat you over the head with it, which is oh, what you yeah. do in cross-examination by the way. But, um, you know, it, so, I, I listen, I'm a human being and there are certain things that really bother me. And I do have a lot of love for Israel and the Jewish people. Sure. I think what's happening is prophetic. Absolutely. I think that unless they're there. So I will bring all nations down into the Valley of Jehoshaphat, Joel three. Yep. And I will judge them there because they have divided my land. Well, what does that mean? If Israel's not back in the land, that's, that's a meaningless passage. Yeah unless there's an Israel or I'll bring you back from all the nations, Ezekiel chapter 36. And by the way, I'm not going to bring you back. I'm, I'm not bringing you back because you deserve it. In fact, I sent you out into the nations. And when you went out there, you still played the harlot. Yep. Yep. But I'm going to bring you back. Why? Because my holy name is at stake. And then I will bring you back and then I will give you a new heart. Yep. And you will understand, I'm paraphrasing, and then you will know that I am God, the Lord your God. And so so the the prophecy, so I, I don't like people who jump in and say, Ezekiel 36 is fulfilled. Ezekiel 37 is fulfilled. Psalm 83 yeah. is fulfilled. Yeah. Jewish prophecy is patterned, and there's an ultimate fulfillment. Sure, yeah. But there might be one, two, or multiple partial fulfillments of those prophecies. And then sometimes it's just a pattern. Yep. So I was just researching today, Neom. Okay, so listen. Yeah, the city of Neom in Saudi Arabia, right? I lean, I lean towards an Islamic Antichrist. Okay. So, um, and then the question becomes, what's Babylon? What's the final Babylon? So I know there's a theory that Babylon will be rebuilt in Iraq. Arnold Fruchtenbaum, Andy Woods, other people say that. And I'm like, okay, so I have a Babylon and Iraq rebuild basket. Mm-hmm. And so when I see evidence for that, I put it in there. Sure. And then immediately somebody will say, well, they're building a port near 40 miles away from there. Well, 
okay, that's that's one that you know I'm going to try to throw it in the basket, but if I miss, it's not going to make any difference because sure. It, it, if it's this great commercial city, you know that that's not built overnight, and the thing in Iraq is not anywhere near. There's just nothing there. Yeah. Okay. And so Joel Kramer comes out. He does a video that the prophecies about Babylon being destroyed have been fulfilled, and it's not going to be rebuilt. So there's a Babylon someplace else. And then people crawl all over Joel Kramer. Oh, I can't believe you! I can't believe you don't believe this. And I'm like, look at Dubai. It's taken Dubai 40 years to get to where what it was. It was like yeah. a couple tall buildings. There was a yep. Toyota building and a couple others, and boom. 40 years later. Well, so Rome wasn't, the old saying is Rome wasn't, Rome built, wasn't in built in a day. Yeah. But, and it, but it wasn't built in a year either. That's you right. Know? So it takes time. So that's why I did that logistics thing in my Bible prophecy grid. And maybe it works out that way. Okay. But maybe it's Neom. So I'm researching Neom today and I've come yeah. across this video of one of the architects. This video was just put up a few weeks ago. <coughs> What did the architect say? This is one of the guys designing this monstrosity. Yeah. This is Babylon. Let that's me what he this, said. Let me put this over here. That's that's the the website, just so you guys get an idea of the Neom. Uh, this is right. the Neom actual website. So. But like the interior pictures do have a very close relationship to the Hanging Gardens of Babylon. Mm-hmm. But the one architect, one of the main architects said, this is Babylon that mm. he's building. So, like, does that mean that Neom is Babylon? No. But does it mean that maybe it's a possibility? And they're, I will say this. They're making a lot more progress on this. There you go. There's pictures. They say it's 20% done, at least the yeah. initial phases that they're building. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And, I mean, you could see the amount, the, the manpower that is going into building this is Look insane. Yeah. It's insane. Right. If you don't know what Neom is, go check it out. I mean, it's it, it's it's insanity. I may have a section on it in my update on Sunday. So okay. I don't know if I have time. I probably will. I have to do the sermon on Sunday, then I do my prophecy update, and then I'm going to do 412 Church, Sunday night church. Uh, I don't know when that is. I'm going to do that Sunday night. So oh, I've got Sunday a few night? things to prepare. Is, that's Tom's church, right? Yeah, 412. Tom Very Church. Cool. Yeah. So you're gonna wait. Are you gonna be No, uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be over the internet. Oh, okay. Remotely. Over the internet. Okay. I cool. would love to I I'd love to come out, you know. It's yeah. I'm hankering for an in and out burger and I well, you know why they don't bring you out? Because then the corruption would be complete. <laughs> or I would be fixed. Or too. you would be fixed. Or you would be fixed. <laughs> I love Tom it. Tom is I'm a sorry. very good friend, a very dear friend. And I love Tom Hughes. I love all the guys at 412. I, I used to go I'm come out to California. I liked that they talked about Bible prophecy on Sunday night. So I'd drive out from my in-laws in Upland, you know, an hour drive out there to 412 church. Yeah. In August, 112 degrees when church starts at five, four or five o'clock and the afternoon on Sunday night. So listen, so well, we'll all get this right, you know, and I think that uh, I've said that I know I don't know what the menu is at the marriage supper of the lamb, but I'm pretty sure that there's going to be some hefty doses of humble pie being served. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Listen, I I'll, I'll even go as far as saying this. 
I've, and I've said this plenty of times, and I will keep saying this. Unfortunately, that ding is me, by the way. Um, sorry about that. But it's okay. Um, I'll, I'll go as far as saying this, that those that unfortunately don't, don't surrender to Jesus Christ on this side of the tribulation. Listen, whatever your view is on, uh, on the tribulation, even if it's, well, except for post-tribbers, but if you're pre-wrath, pre-trib, whatever, at some point, right, according to your timing, we're going to be out of here. And those people that are left behind are going to go and read books and probably go, dude, they were way off. These people were so way off. Man, they had this wrong. Oh, this guy, yeah, this guy had it right. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Uh, and and it is. Hey, look, at the end of the day, um, I know there's those that say that half, and it's a joke, right? The half hour of silence yeah, in heaven. I said that. Everybody's going to adjust their charts. No one's going to be adjusting anything. Trust me. <laughs> no one's going to be adjusting anything. But No, and look, and so if, if it's, if it's pre-trib, no, it's not a big deal. Okay. Everybody's yeah. there. And, uh, but then I, I don't like people to say, well, boy, you know, I, I hope you get the rapture you want. You could sit here and suffer. Like, wait, wait, <laughs> you say that to another Christian. I mean, why? I, know. I, I, I'm I don't la- get that. I know. I'm sorry. I love the way, you know, it makes me sound like, uh, it seems like we've come to a point. The other day, my wife said something like this. I just was rolling. But it seems like now in Christianity, we've come to the point where if you believe other than what I believe, a pox, a pox on you, John Halla, for believing something other than what I believe. You know, yeah, they go like- all, I was in Scotland. <laughs> I did a conference in Scotland this year. I went to the Wallace Monument, the William Wallace yeah. Monument. And this was not a nice guy. And so they go all William Wallace on you, you know? Yeah. And, uh, but, you know, that's, I, I can't even describe, he, he, he did stuff like what happened in southern Israel. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And he only really had one major victory, by the way, in his uh, thing. And I, I went to Bonnickburn in Sterling, uh, Scotland. So north of uh, Glasgow. So, so you know, why do so they Id- why do they idolize the guy? I mean, because I, he least... was pretty. He beat the Brits really, really badly. And yeah, and in the like process, the and in the process of doing, he did some pretty nasty. So stuff. Europe's different because, like Scotland and like Serbia, Bosnia, and that type of thing is like, yeah. Well, you know what. In 1354, do you know what they did to my forebears? Yeah, yeah that's right. That's right. I mean, and that's Ukraine and Russia. They're, yeah. They've got grievances that go back centuries. Yeah. And they're, they're still arguing about it. Yeah. So we, do, we haven't existed for centuries, so we don't have that here as much. But so anyway, so look, I, I hope it works out so everybody's happy. Eventually, we're with the Lord. And, um, you know, so I, I don't like bad arguments. And sometimes no, I, I don't either. Them. And they irritate me on both sides of the issue. And I do think this, that, um, I just will say this, the apostasy is a real big thing. It's a real thing. And it's a falling away. And so that's like. I agree. um, That has implications to it. Yep. And I think this is going to be an issue we're going to have to deal with as we go forward. And I think it's going to be a bigger deal. And it's not just going to be, oh, you know, they're kind of. 
crazy charismatic type things. It's it's going to be things are things are going to get really real here pretty soon. Now, when you okay, hold on. When you say real, what do you mean by real? What I do mean, you mean by things, real. So so look, here's one theory. So like, um, if it's not a pre-trib rapture, people will fall away because they'll be yeah. so disappointed. Sure. And I'm like, I you know I think that that will happen to some extent. But I, I have to tell you, if the if we're here longer, then it's it's an issue that's going to affect all everybody, regardless of their rapture timing view. That's the mm-hmm. point, and we're going to need to stand with each other in that type of thing. And I just think that it's I think sometimes we, um, well, I I believe this way, so I'll be okay. Well, maybe not, you know. Mm-hmm. You need to really guard your heart and everything. And you shouldn't, I don't know. I just, I don't like, there's sort of a triumphalism thing, like a plan in flight, like, okay, I was right and I'll be okay. And it doesn't always work out that way. You know, yeah. I, I see these. So I have let, a let, friend. Let, let me jump I in. Used to know, and she, go, she's go ahead, like, go ahead. she's the only one with like, she's had like five cancer operations and she needs four more. Oh, it's wow. like all over her body and it's mm. just like, so pray for her. Sure. And it's just like, you know, so I, I haven't seen her much for five years. And so I saw a Facebook post and, and it's like, she's having, she's struggling. And, yeah. and it's like, I mean, would I be able to bear up with that? You know, and she's giving her testimony and things as she's talking about this. So, I just think we need to be a little bit careful about being too triumphal. Like, well, I'll be okay, but everybody else will be, have a problem. I, yeah. I don't know that that's the case. Well, I don't think that's what was meant for. I, I don't I, look at the end of the day, prophecy. Um, at least you know, I for me when I when I think about Bible prophecy, it's twofold, right? Because no matter where you stand, it's going to be hell on earth, and, and you and I can't we can't imagine the hell on earth that it's, it is going to happen because right now you and I, we, we have the Holy Spirit. There is restraint in evil. I believe that at some point the that veil of the supernatural, it's going to be gone because we read about the things that are going to happen during that seven-year period of time, and it's going to be the demonic is going to be present in the physical to the to the point where we can't wrap our minds around how bad things are going to be. I, I don't care who you are, what artistic rendering, what kind of cinema, cinematography skills or CGI or MoGraph skills you have. It is impossible to wrap our minds around a period of time that the scripture says is going to be like no other in human history that if the time wasn't cut short, no flesh would survive. You know? It, we yeah. just can't wrap our minds around that. And and so, look, at, at the end of the day, and that's one thing that I love, one of the reasons why I love having you on, and you, you have, okay, so you have a different view on eschatology when it comes to the timing of it, right? We're, we're talking about a timing issue, and, and like you very well said, uh, things could change depending on the timing, right? Uh, people's or, mindsets. Uh, sort of like they could change because of the facts on the ground. Exactly. Exactly. 
Can I give you an example? Go go ahead. ahead, No, 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 no. Go ahead. Three. So like September 22nd, well, September 20th, Mohammed bin Salman gives an interview with Brett Baer on Fox news. Yeah. Hey, this is going to be the most significant peace agreement between Saudi Arabia and Israel since, I don't know, the treaty of Versailles or something, you know, certainly the one in the last hundred years. And he's a gamer, most by important the way. One. He's huh? a gamer. He's a gamer, by the way. MBS. Yeah, total I know. Gamer. He plays games. Yeah, yeah. That's what he likes to do. So, yep. uh, I mean, actually, it's pretty cool. I'd like to see what his setup is. I know. I know. Seriously. <laughs> Seriously. Wow. I mean, he's got a $500 million yacht. So, I wonder what his, his gamer <laughs> setup is like. Oh, I can't. I can't imagine. I can't imagine. <laughs> he didn't even talk about the boat. He just talks about I'm a gamer. Yeah, that's right. And so, so he says that, and two days later, Benjamin Netanyahu gets up at the UN and says, holds up a thing, the new Middle East. Yeah, yeah, yep. And the, the trade well, corridor and that's everything. That's it. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. The trade corridor. Yep. And what was it, two weeks? And by the way, in two, on October yeah. 5th, Vladimir Putin says, hey, Nord Stream 2 still has one of the pipelines that's fully operational. Yep. Two days later, all hell breaks loose. Black Sabbath, they yeah. call it now in Israel. Every all hell literally and breaks you, loose down there. And you, you're not talking about Ozzy Osbourne Black Sabbath, no, right? Not okay. that one. <laughs> Talk about a real one. Yeah, a real and one. So that's, Absolutely. I mean, this is. In in I will say this. I did prophecy updates. Everybody did prophecy updates. I watched some of the my friends, just to make sure I'm not getting too far out there. <laughs> <laughs> and guess what? Nobody talked about Gaza falling apart. Yeah. Nobody right. did. That's right. Not one. So let's admit. So in with the Charlie Vector thing. Yep. I no don't one, know that anyone really called that. No one called that. Nope. Even no with event 201, we still couldn't kind of grasp exactly what was going to happen. So that's my point is I think sometimes we need to be a little bit, have your opinions but you may need to modify them a bit, you know. So let, listen, bless Hal Lindsey. He wrote Lake Great Planet Earth, nineteen sixty-eight or sixty-nine. Yep. So now we're fifty-five years down the road, and the world's changed. Oh yeah. <laughs> no oh, Soviet yeah. Union. War in Ukraine. China. Can I, can, can I jump I mean, in there all real this quick? Stuff has changed. Can, can sure. I just jump in there because here we're talking about, and I know uh, we're running out of time here, so we'll start wrapping up in a bit. But um, have we even gone the hour? No, almost. So I want to get Probably. at least the hour in. No, 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 we haven't. We're at fifty. Well, we'll so we getting, can as we usually do. We usually continue at some other time, <laughs> and we will. We'll totally do right. that because that's why I like just having conversations. But look, you were just talking about n- no one called it. No one called Charlie Vector. Nobody called the Gaza. I'm sure nobody called nine eleven. Hands down. Um, and look, at the end of the day, here's one thing that I never imagined, even as I was studying as a teenager, as I was getting into Bible prophecy and I was reading scripture. And as the years progressed, I don't think any of us could have foreseen the amount of, it's like a fire hose of information thrown at us and how to process all of this in light of scripture, right? And how to decipher okay, wait, hold on. Like you said, you've got you know a basket here, a basket there, your evidence baskets, and it's almost like it's a bit overwhelming with the amount of baskets we would have to have with the amount of information, how to decipher right. that. You know what I mean? Right. 
And that's why I've, I've advocated, I think, sometimes that uh, we all do have ex- observations, sure. understandings of the scripture and that type of thing. And that's why I've advocated at you know, some conference someday is like, okay, you know, have the speakers and then seven o'clock, we're going to put it's open mic, sort of like the green room. Like I've been in the green room with other guys that do this. And to be honest with you, that's the best Bible prophecy conference yep. going is back yeah. there in the green, the guys where we just kind of talk. Yeah. And I'm like, so put that on stage. And I think everybody's afraid of doing that. But I think at some point we need to do that just to kind of bounce ideas off and everything. And by the way, I do think that it's easier. Um, it's easier to get a little bit nasty when you're just talking to a camera. Yep. But when the guy's sitting there looking in the eyes a couple chairs away, it's a little bit harder to do that. Sure, absolutely. And absolutely. that may be why you don't see fist fights in courtrooms very often. Yeah. Because as nasty and hard fought as it is, they you you there's a there's like a it's like this barrier that you don't go across. Yeah. And I've been I mean, I've been in some bitterly fought litigation. Yeah. But I can also tell you that some of the worst behavior I've seen is by other people who claim to be Christians towards I other agree. Christians. And, I totally agree. And it, it, I mean, I'm like, I've been a lawyer a long time. I've never seen anybody act like that. Yeah. These are secular, pagan, LGBTQ affirming lawyers, and they don't act yeah. like that towards one another. So we yeah. need to, I think we need to take some lessons from the real world. That's just my opinion. But yeah. I, I do think that just having people discuss these issues in an open way, it's not necessarily the formal debate or anything, but just saying, you know, I think you may not have, I think you're not looking at this right. Yeah. And, you know, you fight these cases in court and a lot of people say like, how can you go out to dinner with the guy after you've been in a courtroom with him? And it's like, you know what? It's not that hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's really yeah. not. Yep. If you're sort of trained that way and we're, we're representatives of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And we need to we need to improve that. So That's social right. media is a horrible thing. Um, and and I will tell you. So let's just talk a little bit about the Israel thing, and then we'll sure. carry this on some because I have about a hundred things. No, and you know what? <laughs> I want to add to your one hundred things real quick. So hang on to the Israel thing because we're going to come back to talk about this. And I don't think anybody caught this. Let me just kind of come back here real quick. Um, let me see if anybody caught who this man is, right? Let me show you right there. That old gentleman, that one right there. That old gentleman's yeah. name is Micho Kaku. I think that's how you say his name, right? And yeah. he is a theoretical physicist. And the guy is when, okay, he doesn't know the Lord, but when it comes to quantum computing, the guy's a genius. And I want to talk about quantum computing with you on our next, maybe we could set something up for next week. Okay, or, or we'll do that. Yeah. Well, and by the way, the big article in the Wall Street Journal today about a supercomputer yep. at Argonne National Laboratories in Chicago called the Aurora that can currently do one quadrillion calculate. It's the size of two tennis courts. And it can do one quadrillion calculations per second. That's insane. That's one billion billion. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's insane. One with an 18 zeros after it. And listen, in one the, second. For, and they're ahead. saying that it will soon be able to do two quadrillion in a second. And that's a supercomputer, not a quantum computer. That's not a quantum computer. That's right. Quantum will yeah. be leaps and leaps and leaps beyond that. That's right. So we're seeing yep. this develop at a stage, you know, I, there was an article, I think I sent you about Ray Kurzweil preaching yeah. the gospel of <clears throat> AI. The singularity or AI. Yep. And, and he's been talking about this. It's going to be 2045. Now he says computers exceed human capacity by 2029. Singularity comes in 2030, not 2045. Now, if you factor that into some of the six, uh, six day, one day Bible prophecy thing, 6,000 years, 1,000 years. Yep. And you do some, run some of those numbers or the two days of Joel since Jesus went away back to heaven, 2,000 years. Yep. And you kind of come up on that. And is that 30, 31, 32 AD that that happened? So is it 2030, 2030, the 2,000 sure. years? And then there's yep. a thousand year. So, and then you back out the 70th week in that before that. And I've talked about that. I mean, God gave us time markers. I did yeah, talk absolutely. in Canada about yeah. that. God gave us time markers for his first coming. I mean, those those wise men or magi or whatever they call them, they didn't just show up out of the blue. They were yep. watching because they had the prophecies of Daniel. That's right. And they knew, okay, there's this Messiah coming, and he's going to be cut off after this time. And they kind of, okay, so he's going to be about this age when it happens. And so we need to be watching. And they were watching and they saw the sign. So yep. maybe that, maybe God's given us time markers for the second coming. Now, I don't want to be accused of date setting because I don't like that. But this thing in Israel, uh, we need to talk about that because this is so, talk about this more. This is very distressing to me. I was at one of those kibbutzes in December at Nirim. Yeah, uh, they did better than other ones because some of those had better neighborhood watch yeah. things. And there's a lot of reasons, a lot of speculation about what happened and what fell apart. So first of all, let's give the Persians some credit for designing a pretty masterful operation. Oh yeah, they went dark, and and I'm sure that what happened was Pablo, they <coughs> when Palestinian Islamic Jihad was shooting rockets over the last two and a half years into Israel. Hamas didn't do it. Yeah. And Hamas kind of said, oh, look at those crazy Palestinian Islamic jihadis. We're, we're just trying to do, they're, they're, they're doing the full head fake on these guys yeah. Yeah. in Israel. And some of them are asleep. And maybe some of it's intentional, maybe some of it's not. That, that's yet to be determined. But look at what happened um, they they were like blinded, and maybe there's a spiritual blindness that factors into this thing too. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But some of the some of the kibbutzes did better than others because they had neighborhood watch, yeah. and some were just like there was one. There was like 700 people, at least 250 dead, and many kidnapped. Yeah, in Sidera, I think it was in Sidera, they went into the police station and killed 20 policemen. So then people are saying, well, I called the police and nobody came. Well, because they're dead. Yeah. They killed 300 soldiers in the initial phases. They were probably understaffed on the border. They probably, they had plenty of warning, but they were like, oh, 
if they come across, it's going to be 10 or 11 guys. It's not going to be 4,500. Sounds like, like a was. repeat of Gold in My Air. It's worse. It's way, way worse than that. And by the way, invest, subsequent investigations, it, there's some indication that Kissinger and Moshe Diane had thought, well, we'll allow this to happen yeah. because we want to build up Egypt in the region. But Golda Meir was pretty much exonerated. Nothing wrong. And she's sure. out of office in six yeah. months. And I, yeah. don't, I just don't see how Netanyahu survives this. But listen, I don't think I wouldn't so. Be, no, not at all. But there have been many political obituaries written on Benjamin Netanyahu. And so maybe, maybe he survives. I'm just telling you, there's you know he's at the top and the buck stops there yeah, and there's tremendous animosity towards him yeah and by the way even now a lot of the people in israel 70 percent are like you guys aren't going after him hard enough that's 70 yeah. percent in israel yep it's hard it's hard to get them to agree like that yeah and there's a big push there's a some dispute from what i'm hearing i'm not sure yet so maybe it's a little speculation that the war cabinet, Gallant, the defense minister, Danny Gantz from um, his party, and Benjamin Netanyahu, and then there's some others, but those are the three main guys, that Gallant and Gantz may want to go after Hezbollah in the north, and Netanyahu's kind of holding them back. Hmm. And so that there's some tension there that's developing. So it's it, what's happened is just absolutely horrible. Yeah, um, yeah absolutely. And then the thing is, there's this Jew hatred and anti-Semitism. So Olivier Melnick, he's kind of the expert on this. He's going to come to our church in April. And we're going to do a, a Messianic Passover Seder. Oh, how and, cool. Uh, we did one once with uh, Zola Levitt. Do you remember yep. Zola? Yep, yep, I sure do. He became a good friend, and uh, he came to Columbus, and he happened to be there on Good Friday. And he did a Passover Seder. We had 125 people show up for my class. That is so cool. And he, that was the last one he ever did. Because mm. he passed away. It went on to, be, yeah. A year, a year later. And uh, yeah, I love Zola. You know, did I yep. ever tell you the story of he and I playing golf? No, uh huh. We're out at, we're out at uh, Oak Quarry in Riverside. And Zola's like, I've got this picture of him in his golf sandals. In shorts and everything, <laughs> looking out over the the hillsides there, because uh, it's it's kind of in the mountains there, and he says, and it's sort of like this is what Zola's looking at heaven like. I I sent a mm. picture of that to his wife. She thought that was pretty cool. But so we're playing golf, and he he did not like being in a bunker. He wasn't very good at it. Let's sure. just be blunt about it. So he's in a bunker <laughs> on every hole, and we finally get to the eighth <laughs> hole. He's in a fairway bunker, so he gets up, and there's one little pot bunker by the green he's in the pot bunker so i walked up to him and you know i'm a pretty tall guy and he's down in the bunker so i'm like 15 feet above him i'm looking down and i look at him and i said zola you know i love you man i said and i haven't had you on the clock today but i'm pretty sure you've now spent more time in the sand today than your forefathers did getting from egypt to the promised land <laughs> that's a good one did he have a good chuckle laughed. on the <laughs> he, Oh, he did. He just, he howled. He just says, you know, people don't usually talk to me like that. And I said, well, get used to it because you're not, I'm your friend now. So, but, um, 
so Olivia is good on this. So the anti-Semitism is just off the charts. And I see yeah. it's bubbling up. So you've got the true news, the Rick Wiles, other guys. I mean, I could go on with a long list. Yeah. And I'm telling you, like, I mean, today, so they released videos. So we're recording this on Tuesday. I don't know if I should say. That's okay. It's going to come out Thursday, so in a couple days. Okay, Tuesday, November 14th. Yeah. And they released videos today. Go to I-24 News, and you can see the video or find it on Twitter. The IDF going through the hospital, and they're going through... And they, you know, they find they this the and they find this and then they yeah. find a box of pampers and stuff like that. And a motorcycle yeah. with a bullet hole yep. and that type of thing. And so they put up and say, look, this is what these terrorists are doing in this hospital. And here's a tunnel entrance and all this. And this is where they were. And so the anti-Israel people are like, oh, they went there. They found, but they found pampers in the nursery. There was nothing going on there. It's yeah. all fake. It's all Israel lies, all Zionist lies. And I'm sure true news, they're going to be playing this kind of garbage tonight. And it's, it's awful what's yeah. going on. And yeah, I, I mean, I, I would encourage people, there are some sanitized versions of, that are coming out of like people in bomb shelters and you can see them throwing the grenades in there and you see some of them, they're throwing the grenades back out yeah. towards the, the terrorists. Uh, but you know, there's like one. There's like 30 people and huddled in this thing. They sh- they shoot in there, and then they throw a grenade in there. <clears throat> there's one where they take the guys out that have survived. Their limbs are blown off, and they put them in a truck to kidnap them to Gaza. Who knows yeah. if they're still alive? You can see they're blown off limbs. This is cruelty and stuff that happened on an epic scale. And I think people need to understand exactly what it is that is really being dealt with here. Sure. Look, a, a great article. Uh, I don't know if you had a chance to read it. This was a great article called uh, Hamas's Useful Idiots in the U.S. and Europe. And this article just lays it out, lays it out. And I think it's right. great. They, they really they really did a good job here at, at telling telling us what this really is. They're just useful idiots <laughs> And if you want, you, you should go read it. Uh, it's the Gatestone Institute, and it's called Hamas's Useful Idiots. This was Bassam Tawil, or I don't know if okay. I'm saying his last name right. But um, I see I see people doing things, people that I thought were... Look, I'll be honest. I don't know her. Candace Owens has been a massive disappointment in the way she's responded to this. Yeah. Matt Walsh has been a massive disappointment. But then... Can I be blunt about this? Please. They're both Catholic. Yeah. And Catholic has a problem with a little thing called yep. replacement theology. Yeah, absolutely. And that will drive a lot of this. Yeah, and, so, and they're I all mean, millennial. Saw, they're, they're all it, millennial too, yeah. Catholicism. Right, and so yeah. so Candace and Matt, and, and you can see Ben Shapiro, I saw a video of him today, sort of like, well, I've got some people, but I'm very disappointed in how they're responding. And remember... Candace was all on this Kanye West thing too. Yep. Yep. Like, so I, I don't know. I just, I, I'm disappointed. So let, let me just do this. And, and then we think, we yeah, then let's close this one up. Yeah. So there's this theory out there. I get sent it all the time and you probably never heard of it. It's called the Noahide loss theory. And this is how it goes. So the theory is that, the Noahide laws were pushed by the Lubavitchers. Lubavitcher's Rebbe 
head was a guy named Menachem Schneerson. And he's one of the most respected rabbis or rebbies in the history of Judaism post-destruction of the Second Temple. And he lived in Brooklyn. He immigrated from, I think he came from Ukraine. He immigrated to the U.S. in 1941. And he lived, he lived here for 50 years and died. He died at like age 91 in 1991. Yeah, and when I went to Israel in 1995, the first time there was a the Lubavitchers had rec- erected a large yellow sign over the Jewish quarter, which is newer because it was destroyed by the Jordanians. So it was built new, and it said "Akuna Laviat Hamashiach," prepare for the coming of Messiah, mm-hmm. because they believed that Schneerson was the Messiah, and that mm-hmm. he, when he died, he would come back. In fact. Th- They've had for a long time. They've had uh, a vigil at his grave. Yeah. In fact, during the 2016 election, Jared Kushner and Ivanka Trump went and prayed at his, I think, at his tomb. Mm. It's in Brooklyn. Yep. And. And and so there's a sort of a mystical thing with them, and it's probably some Kabbalah stuff wrapped up. Yeah, but he's very well respected. Yeah. But when he was in power, they went to the U.S. and they said, "Hey, let's could you enact this resolution in Congress saying we recognize Menachem Schneerson and his help on the Noahide laws, which are good things." So now, so people take that. It was just a resolution. It's not enforceable or anything, but sure. people take that. Theories are all over out there. Yeah. And they say, oh, they're going to make the Noahide laws have now been enacted as the law of the United States. Mm-hmm. And if you look in this obscure reference in the Talmud, you will find that they agree with beheading. And because you're worshiping, you know, Jesus as God, then you're, you're going to be beheaded by the Jews. And I just... I'm sorry, I just don't buy this. They say, well, they're with the UN and all this stuff. And I've looked all through the UN stuff and they did they did appear at a couple of UN conferences. Yeah. They do have these resolutions. And so I said, I told somebody who believes this, I said, I'll tell you what, come to Ohio and we'll go down to the FBI office and you can violate one of the no hide laws in front of the FBI guy, or we'll tell him that I've tell him that I violated the no hide laws. Yeah. And I can guarantee you I'm not being arrested. Yep. So I think this is just kind of a silly theory. Sure. It's in it, it, at its root, it's very anti-Semitic. Oh, absolutely. And then they said, well, the Jews are going to behead us. That's how we're beheaded in the end times. We read about that in revelation. And I'm like, have you ever been around these guys in Israel? I mean, like yeah. if you do this to them, you know, they're like, running away from you and these are the guys <laughs> who are going to behead all the christians in the world i just i'm not buying it okay sure maybe it works out that way okay but yeah listen you know this this is way down the list of the possibilities that i think yeah yeah because absolutely. we just saw people beheading people yeah it wasn't yeah. jews doing it yeah they don't even serve in the armed forces by and large a lot of them the ultra-orthodox yeah. the so ultra-orthodox. I, I don't know listen yeah I think there's awakening that's going on, and I think we need to try to help people work through this, that maybe this is a, some spiritual blindness going on that caused 
some people not to be prepared or ready for this. But this thing could ex this thing could move on into much much greater conflict. And there's more and more indications as we Monday and Tuesday of this week that things may. Uh, front may open up in the north of Israel. Well, let me before but you Israel's go. Israel's ready. Now, listen before you go, and then after I come back, uh, I'm going to give you center stage. Um, this again, that that was article, but let me get back the Gates over Dennis here. To good, good publication. Alma Research and Education Center. This was today. This was at uh, what is twenty? That's uh, eight o'clock. Eight o'clock, Israel time. Okay, so that would be about 2 p.m. Eastern here. <clears throat> it says attacks oh, I near the... I haven't read. Alma's a, a site you should look at. Okay. Uh, attacks near the northern border continue to escalate Hezbollah's provoca provocations against IDF units. Let me zoom in here. IDF units in the area continued. Hezbollah terrorists launched anti-tank missiles on IDF units in the area several times today. The IDF replied vehemently, hitting terrorist squads and infrastructures with aircraft raids and artillery fire against Hezbollah strongholds. And this is the part that I wanted to bring up. Member of the Special War Cabinet, this is Benny Gantz, visited the Northern Command. I'm not even going to try to pronounce it. At the end of his visit, he stated, I see Nasrallah's conduct and ask, has he lost touch with reality on the ground? This question should now be asked by citizens and government of Lebanon. We will not return to re to the reality that was here October 6th. Even here in this sector, we are acting aggressively, and the goal is clear, to allow the residents to return here safely. So there is activity, a whole lot of it, and from what Gantz is saying, uh, someone isn't using their cabeza, and so uh, things could go left and go hot yeah, real quick. I, I, listen, Israel... One thing they've, okay, so lesson learned. We were asleep on October 7th. Yep. And we can't even begin to let it happen again. So there's 100, I don't know, 120 to 200,000 people have been evacuated from their homes. Kiryat Shimona, I've been there, 25,000 people live there. It's near Tel Dan. It's south of Metula. And I think Alma might be headquartered up in the Metula area, which is like the farthest north city other than the Drew city of Majul Shams over by the Golan yeah. in Mount Hermon. But 120,000 people gone from their homes. Yeah. Think of all the, I mean, it's a country of 9 million people and all the people in the South have evacuated. Yeah. And some of them are now being told you, you may not get back to your home yeah. for three years. Yep. So factor that in and then put this into sort of like, what happens if there's like disruption like that here in the United States? But by the way, Gallant, the defense minister said, listen, I might've been in, during a joint news conference with Netanyahu and Gantz on Saturday, Friday or Saturday, probably Friday because Saturday was Shabbat. And he said, listen, we're Hezbollah. You need to understand Beirut will look like Gaza yeah. if you do anything. Yeah. In five years, four or five years ago, there was a conference, security conference in Herzliya, and the Israeli Air Force commander at that time, I can't remember his name, he got up and he said, listen, Second Lebanon War in 2006, 37 days it took us to bring that to a resolution. And I am telling you here that if, if we go, 
you are going to see shock and awe. Yeah, it was in Hebrew, but that's I think that's sort of that's my translation. Yeah, <laughs> of yep. the pair of, of the translation, you're going to see shock and awe like you've never seen before. And we will do in 24 to 72 hours what it took us 37. We'll be beyond what it took us 37 days to do. Yeah, in southern Lebanon, I mean, and I think now he didn't say what it won't be inhabitable for years. Yeah. Now, you factor this into kind of like a Psalm 83 and that type of thing. So the Muslim Organization of Islamic Countries and the Arab League met, had a joint meeting in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, chaired by Mohammed bin, Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman last week. Yeah. And all the Muslims, it's kind of interesting when you factor this into how this is organizing sort of the king of the north and the king of the south. So the the Muslim uh, Iran was there. I mean, in Riyadh, the Iranian foreign minister, the Iranian president. I'm sorry, the Iranian president was there, and Erdogan was there, and Al Sisi was there from Egypt, and all these guys. And so the northern countries, which kind of seems like that's like Ezekiel 38, right? Mm -hmm. 39. They're all like, we got to condemn Israel. We got to go after Israel, really strong. And they were blocked by the Abraham Accord countries. United Arab Emirates, yep. Morocco, Bahrain, and Saudi Arabia, even though Saudi Arabia supposedly hasn't signed this yet. So I don't think that normalization with Saudi Arabia is, is dead yet. But listen, this is very interesting. I mean, go back to September 22nd and now go forward seven weeks, and it's yeah. like the world really changed. It's so true. that's what I, I think people need to take away from this from a Bible prophecy standpoint. I mean, the talk I did in, in San Diego. No, Texas. No, San Diego. <laughs> one of the Tex two. I don't, one of those conferences I did with Tom Hughes and those guys, I titled my talk, was based on the phrase that I've quoted many times from, I think it's Hemingway's novel, The Sun Also Rises. Two characters are talking and the guy goes, yeah. how did you go bankrupt? The guy says, well, two ways, first gradually, then suddenly. Yeah. And I think this is how this Bible prophecy thing is going to, and I'm not saying the Hemingway's on the equivalent sure, of scripture, sure. but I think it's an example of how this thing is going to play out as we go forward. And yeah. it's, it's going to be head spinning. I mean, we haven't even begun to scratch the surface on AI. Central oh, no. bank digital yeah. currency. Yeah. And, and all we'll, of we'll talk stuff. about that. Yeah. We'll talk about right. that for sure on our next one. Tell you what. Before we go, why don't you close us out in prayer? Tell people about okay. Jesus for sure, because I don't ever want to end without the gospel. So I'm preaching on Sunday, and the text is Acts chapter 16, which is Paul and Silas in prison in Philippi. And they have an earthquake. And the guy's really scared, because he's going to get killed if they've escaped. And they're there. He says, everybody's here. And they use that as an opportunity to share the gospel. Jesus Christ, born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, crucified, rose again, ascended to heaven and coming back. And they believed and they were saved. And that's, that's what it takes. That's the gospel. Amen. Then require work on your part. You have to have faith. You have to believe. And... Now, there's a whole bunch of other things that we need to talk about, too, on that. But 
So listen, this is a great time to share the gospel with people because I think a lot of people are stressed. Yep. And I think you're gonna you're gonna get in conversations with people. They're gonna say, "Is this the end times?" And you can say, "Well, listen, I think we need to talk about this because time may be short for all of us. We we pray not. We hope that it's not, but it could be." So look, let's pray, and then we'll get together again next week. Yes, and maybe continue. Well, I don't. Next week's a holiday, so I don't know. Maybe week two after, weeks. sure. So sometime if we're if we're still here, right? Yeah, if we're still here. <laughs> the uh, so let's pray, Lord. Let's thanks pray. so much for your word. We we just so greatly appreciate the gift that you gave us that is Bible prophecy, so that we would have uh, some ways to understand the things that are going in the world. And I just pray, Lord, that you will infuse us with your Holy Spirit, that you'll keep us strong in the faith, and that and that we'll do as it says in the New Testament, that we stand firm in the faith and act like men, that we will be strong in our faith, that we'll always have opportunities to share the gospel, yes. and that we will be able to take a stand, and you will protect us, bless us, give us fruit from what we do, and pray that you'll bless us in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. John, that was amazing. By the way, give me a thumbs up really quick, like in front of the me? camera. Yeah. No, in front of the camera. There you go. Okay, okay. didn't do it. That was weird, right? Because when you were here... Did you see to those do bubbles? Yeah, do it again. Give me a give me a thumbs up. I I don't yeah. know what happened. So I think... I don't know I, if it was something... Yeah. There must I be some kind of... Uh, with this camera, it has kind of AI. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. And every time it's random... Oops, where'd you go? There, your name just went away. I'm trying to get me. Every time you do like a thumbs up, maybe I did it. Nope, it didn't do it. It's the weirdest thing. You'll get that little like bubble. Yeah, or if you do like a heart, like with your hands, it's supposed to give you like a little, like supposedly like this. If you do, or wait, how's the heart go? Like that? Yeah, something like I that. It'll know. do. Yeah, it'll do a heart <laughs> supposedly like that. I don't know. But anyways. Um, you know, listen, somebody's going to take this and put it on TikTok as a short, and we're going to look like <laughs> they idiots. are. No, I think this is great. I love it. So I'm, I'm cool with that. I'm used to looking like okay. an idiot. So, um, but listen, hey, this well, was text good. me and we'll set up a time. But I'm going to be out of town next week. So no worries. Let's end and let me tell people get into the Word of God and get the Word of God into you. We are living in prophetic times, family, and do what John and me and so many of us are saying: share the gospel with as many people as you possibly, possibly can. So until the next time, may the Lord richly bless you guys. Keep looking up. Mm -hmm.